This is Main Street on Prairie Public. I'm Ashley Thornburg with Alicia Hagelin-Thorpe. And also in our Bismarck studio is root seller Sue. Sue Balcom joins us from her farm outside of Mandan. The root sellers farm once a week to talk about food for Main Street Eats. Sue, thanks for joining us to talk about tomatoes. Oh, tomatoes. Yes, because as you know, it's October. October is my favorite month of the year. I just love the skies of October. But it also means that we're coming to an end on the farmer market season, the garden season, the canning season. Oh, which reminds me, if you guys have nice clean jars with non-rusty bands, you can bring them to the market now because guess what? You can actually find lids at the grocery stores these days. (laughs) Yeah, look at that. I know, right? Surprise. But one of the things about the weather that we're having I'm expecting that by now most of the gardens and your flower pots, if you haven't covered them, have frozen and they are drooping and you're crying because you didn't get out there in time. However, if you still can rescue your tomatoes, you know, they slow down. You can see them slowing down as the weather cools off at night, you know, but you can still harvest green tomatoes. So what can we do with them? Well, haven't you seen the movie? Yes. Fried green tomatoes? Yes. Is there anything else besides frying, though? Yeah, or, well, first, sure there's so many different things, right? Well, right. First of all, they don't have to always be green tomatoes. You know, once you see that okay. frost coming, you know, like I start picking mine, you sort them out. You want to make sure that you've got all your rotten ones out of there, anything with blemishes. If they If they've started turning, I've actually started picking my tomatoes earlier all year long because... They stay firmer if you pick them when they're starting to ripen mm. instead of letting them burst open on the vine, which I know that looks good, but that's when you get them little stinking flies in your house mm. that we can't get rid oh, of till I December. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate those things. But you want to keep your healthy green tomatoes, um, and they will ripen. They will actually ripen. If they're kind of getting a little rosy on the bottom there, um, it'll help you to ripen them if you put them in a cardboard box or perhaps a bag with a banana because, as you know, that gives off, um, is it ethylene ethylene gas? And, you know, that same way with avocados, too, when you buy avocados at the store. You put them in a bag with an apple and they'll ripen faster. Hmm. And I do remember mentioning putting them in your flower bin to ripen. Avocados, not tomatoes. Um, but don't forget them because it <laughs> kind of ruins your flower after yeah. a while. <laughs> so so it's not the light. It's not the light that ripens those tomatoes. It is warmth. Mm. And that's why they hate when it's 50 degrees or 40 degrees at night. They just don't like that. Will any variety of tomato ripen just fine if picked a, l- a little bit green? Or are certain ones kind of better at that? Um, I pick them when they're kind of rosy, like normally pick them when they're rosy. But the, it doesn't matter what kind of tomato you have. If they're starting, if they look like the green has gotten deeper, the really pale, pale, pale green tomato will probably not ripen. And that's when you want to start using them for things like salsa or fried green tomatoes and that kind of thing. Are they as juicy as a fully ripe red tomato? Green ones? Yeah. No, and that's why they fry better. So the whole thing with fried green tomatoes is that it's an acquired taste because I know my husband's like, please don't ever make that again. (laughs) I personally like that um, bitterness or that vinegary, but that's a German thing, you know. We like that kind of 
flavor. We're not so big on sweets. We like smoke and garlic and stuff like that. Mm. So, and it's easy to do fried green tomatoes. Um, you you do slice them horizontally on their equators and take the biggest middles. You know, like I slice mine probably almost a half an inch thick, and then. Um, using two hands, this is a two-handed task, um, you dunk them in flour, and then you dunk them with your other hand. And I just learned this the other day. You know, like I use the same fingers to dunk in flour and then an egg, and naturally everything comes out a gloppy mess. But if if you're ambidextrous, you can use one (laughs) hand for the liquid, the egg, and one for the flour, right? Um, And so you do, um, what makes them really, really good is after the flour, then the egg, then you do the cornmeal, like a medium grit cornmeal is perfect because then when you fry them, that gives them that really crunchy outside. Mm. And maybe that's why we only eat green tomatoes is for the crunch on the outside. A little bit of oil and yummy, yummy. Season them. You can spice them up with a little hot pepper if you want. You can use uh, salt and pepper on them. And, um, yeah, they're kind of like a side dish, I guess, to just about anything. Does it have to be cornstarch or corn cornmeal? Cornmeal, yep, or else polenta, which is actually kind of the same thing. But okay. um, and I did did find some orange cornmeal when I was practicing some bread recipes, and I love that stuff. But then again, I love cornbread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's for another episode. Right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> um, but you can make a, like I make a green tomato salsa. That, oh, my gosh, like the markets have been crazy this year. Like people will buy something. They'll go home and half an hour later, they'll come back and buy me out, (laughs) you know. And this group, I never used to sell my green tomato salsa because my family would always kind of hoard it. You know, I wasn't allowed to sell it until just recently. <laughs> um, and so I make mine with a secret recipe, but there mm. are green tomato salsa recipes out there as well as other things. There's other relishes and chutney and things like that that you can make with um, green tomatoes. So don't let them go to waste by all means. What is a chutney exactly? Um, I think that it is the English word for relish. Basically, you know, it's kind mm. of a chunky little thing. It's got tomatoes, the green tomato chutney, and you can make peach chutney. You can make chutney out of anything. So I think what it was was like at the end of the season, grandma's like, well, I think we should take all our green tomatoes and our peppers and our couple apples, maybe a chili pepper, onion, garlic. Oh, let's throw in some ginger and some lemon, a <laughs> little bit of vinegar, and we've got chutney, mm. um, which you can, um, and salt it, of course. Then you can um, keep it in the refrigerator. A lot of recipes that I make you can keep in the refrigerator, or you can water bath them. So then they'll last for a good long time. So what are one of your recipes that you have? I'm not giving you my recipes. <laughs> well, okay, maybe not the, your secret recipe, but uh, there are some out there that uh, require a considerable amount of green tomatoes. What the, should you um, look for? What should you look for? Like the chutney recipe that I just spewed out of my mouth? You know what? I could actually, um, if anybody wants the chutney recipe, they can certainly um, contact me. And if I can, I've been so busy, you guys, lately that I haven't been blogging like I usually do after these episodes. And so I usually try to get those recipes up there. But um, if you Google chutney and green tomatoes, I'm sure you'll find something similar. But if you need help, just 
contact me. Like we give out lots of advice about recipes at the farmer's market. One of the things that is the issue is my recipes are mega recipes, you know, like for huge amounts. I remember when I asked you for a kooka recipe and you gave me one for 12. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) 12. And, you know, I made some for my dad's funeral and I only made seven instead of 12 with that recipe. And you know what they did? They complained to me about how thick that dough was. They're like, weren't you supposed to have thinner dough in here? I said, well, I was just trying to, you know, like... You know, I was trying to just get done sooner, basically. But, um, yeah, so – and here's something else. Nobody gets anything right the first time mm-hmm. unless you're a miracle worker. I have worked very hard at establishing the recipes that I do use for sale and the recipes that we eat I fudge a little bit on because, you know, a cup of flour – and somebody verified this the other day on Facebook, somebody from Napoleon I know that bakes a lot of Coogan and buns and stuff. She said, I went to my daughter's house and I tried this recipe. I've been using it for centuries and it didn't work. Well, her flour – and her measuring cup were not the same measurement as the flour and the measuring cup that this woman had in her kitchen. Yeah. So that's what I tell people. Like, I'll give you a recipe, but then you'll come back and say, well, it didn't taste like yours. You need to work at these things. And so if you use an established or a verified recipe from a, a ball company, ball canning jar company, or extension in our state – that's a starting point for you, but you don't need to deviate too much for those recipes because they're they're specifically made for canning. And if you deviate too much, you may be jeopardizing your product, and you don't want to do that. It's a lot of work to get. Um, I I love to can, but I'll tell you what. By the time I finished my pickled beets this morning, the kitchen was. A red overlay <laughs> over the white sourdough starter on the cupboards <laughs> that has been there now for a couple months since my um, starter exploded not too long ago. <laughs> you know, I wanted to ask you, what what can you eat chutney with? Oh, see, that would be something that you'd probably eat with uh, pork, like roast pork or roast beef. A lot of times... Uh, putting a good plate together, you know, they have these guidelines about, you know, how much carbs and how much protein and how much vegetables you should have. But chutney would fall under like a relish or a condiment sort of thing. And the vinegary taste of those kinds of things kind of offsets anything that's a little sweet or a gravy, something heavy. It's kind of like a a palate cleanser in some respects. So... Um, but I think you could probably eat chutney on cream cheese and crackers, too, because it, the recipe that I found sounds really good. It has a yeah. little bit of turmeric and allspice and cinnamon, so it's perfect for fall. Haven't you noticed your appetite has changed since the weather's changed? Yeah, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called seasonal eating. root vegetables. Yes, root. Oh, my fave, my fave. <laughs> we dug potatoes the other day. I swear to... God, I had a potato that was like 12 inches long, and it reminded me of something. On a side note here, um, I did a lot of research on Burlington Northern when I worked at the newspaper. Tried not to laugh, but I could so not laugh. Like, okay, so I wrote a story about the baked potato that saved the Northern Pacific Railroad. You know, people weren't riding the rail cars. You know, that was a cool way to get from one end of the country mm-hmm. to the next. So they started serving these enormous baked potatoes. 
in the depot over there in Mandan. And so I'm just like, this would be a railroad potato if ever I found one. And I'll bet chutney would be good on a buttered potato. It would be awesome. So, yes, yeah, so now we're eating all these wonderful, more spicy, heavier foods. I love winter. <laughs> so keeping those green tomatoes around is really only beneficial to you. Absolutely. And why would you waste anything? My biggest disappointment this year is that I um, mine all pretty much got ripe. So I'm going to go out and scrounge for some green <laughs> tomatoes so I can make some more salsa. Yeah. <laughs> So many people, at least on the eastern part of the state, are complaining that they didn't get any tomatoes this year. So to have the opposite problem. Oh, my gosh. I've made batch after batch after batch after batch of salsa. That's crazy. But you know what? See, that's Mother Nature saying, I'm in charge and you're not. Well, there's that. (laughs) Well, and I'll say, too, one of my favorite uh, green tomato recipes is just kind of cut them in wedges and have that with sauerkraut and mayo. Oh, like a, a salad, yeah. huh? Yeah. Wow, that is yeah. really weird. Mayo, you know, cookie salad is a salad. Therefore, anything with mayo can still be called a salad. I agree. I agree. <laughs> and I love mayonnaise. And I just found out that mayonnaise and sriracha makes that good chili stuff Ooh, yeah. for over um, mm-hmm. uh, sushi. And I do have a five-gallon crock of sauerkraut that's ready to be put into jars. And so I might just have to... So you wedge your tomatoes. I do. And you just stir it into some sauerkraut. Mm-hmm. And have a little mayo. Mm-hmm. And it's a delightful salad. That is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of that salad besides uh, delightful salad? <laughs> well, I got the recipe from my friend Jacqueline, so I'm going to call it the Jacqueline. All right. All I, I love it. <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We check in with a root seller, Sue, once a week from Main Street Eats. Thank you, Sue. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the time.